0: What's up, humans? It is Sorelle coming to you with a freaking podcast, which I haven't done for such a long time. My God, it's been over a year since the last episode. Um, I've wanted to do more of them, but I think it's just, I really just want to talk to you guys. Uh, And it's weird, you know, having this one-sided conversation over and over again for the last four years. (laughs) Sort of one-sided because I don't see you and the strain of not being able to have a discussion with people is a lot. And I know that everybody really feels the same thing with social media these days. And I was, uh, I was listening to something or watching something the other day and someone was mentioning how most people these days are just chronically lonely. And I was like, am I, um, am I really that lonely? Like, is that actually a thing in my life? And I think I would, i'd be crazy to deny it if it wasn't um i mean just looking at observing my own life right now my family's in australia most of them i've got my little sister my dad and my stepmom in cyprus i've got my cousin and my auntie and uncle in france and then the rest are my mom my stepdad my sister um my auntie and uncle and cousin is um in are in australia then i have some family in Poland. Anyway all of us are split up just like probably a lot of people are split up here I have my boyfriend in and my brother here in Iceland with me which is really nice my brother might be leaving soon um you know which which makes it all of us being apart except for my boyfriend and I and i I don't know if I'll be able to see them again you know with this world complication and there's a very strong fear around one issue that might be passed um, by uh, people up at the top that think that they are God, that might stop me from seeing my family ever. And, um, you know, it's a scary thought amongst everything else that's going on. You know, seeing the world in pain right now from the justifiably um, long standing dealings with racism worldwide and it's not just an American issue uh it's definitely a worldwide issue like people in South Africa being mistreated for the color of their skin people in Australia the indigenous indigenous there that were had the stolen generation um where the children were taken away taken away from their their families and uh, brought up in white families <laughs> I mean this is this is it's it's in I could pff, never fucking understand the pain ever, you know? And then there's the very neatly swept under the rug, a horrific situation happening in Hong Kong, which I am so surprised not many people are talking about. I mean, China's got concentration camps and no one really talks about that, which is just petrifying in itself. Um, I mean, there's concentration camps all over the world, which I more and more I research into it, the more that's prevalent and that's so disturbing to hear Hong Kong now battling the loss of Hong Kong, essentially, uh, to the Chinese and not being able to speak up against the government, which is just so scary. It's a free society that is turning and I'm so scared for them. Oh, the list just goes on. El Salvador just went through huge floods and there's just so much going on in the world. We had the fires in January in Australia, which which surrounded my family's homes, uh, which we were worried whether they're going to have a house. or you know, the, it was just so much, so much that is going on and um, it just keeps compounding. And uh, to any empath, empaths here, you fully understand how heavy this is. Um, to feel all the pain and I, I like yesterday I cried on my social media <laughs> because I wanted to also show that there are two sides of everything you know as a person in front of the media in front of millions of eyes and this is not about me I just want to point it out this is not fucking about me at all this is not what I'm saying but it's just It's heavy because there's also a lot of expectation on me to be like, hey, you should post about this. Hey, don't say that. Do this. No, that is so rude. How could you say that? Like, why are you saying this? Why are you not speaking up? Why are you taking that stance? And there are just gazillions of opinions of what I should do. And unfortunately, because I love the people that are with me, I try to respond or read or be engaged with too many people, um, which this has actually put me at a breaking point and I realized that I can't do this anymore. So I am essentially going to start banning myself off social media and just, I mean, my, my always forever, my favorite thing in the world is creating videos and I don't really care what I don't want to put them as a specific topic of what I create. I just want to do things that I love and I really love capturing memories in my life because, you know, there's a fear that I'll forget my life as well and the beautiful moments that i was so lucky to um have i'm just so in love with life itself and all of the ups and downs are included (sighs) so i want to capture that and so i'm going to start banning myself off social media that actually isn't that like you have to come back to your love so often things that are really hurting you you have to just shed that Even if it's fucking ridiculously hard or it's part of your job, you just have to start peeling back the layers and layers and layers. And I think that's actually the beauty of growing up is that you start knowing who you are more so. um, And you start figuring out what isn't yours and what is yours. And just you simplify your life. When you're younger, you want to do everything. You want to be everything to everyone. And then eventually you realize you actually cannot. (laughs) It's impossible. It's impossible to be everything to everyone and, and be across everything and know everything about the world. And it's just, it's heavy. So growing up is actually just shedding, which I like. And this is a big thing that I think I've been putting off and yesterday was a breaking point. I mean, every time I share anything, any opinion online whatsoever, I get a lot of backlash. Um, like me crying on, on the internet, just, And I I realized that it probably could have sounded like a bit of a dick move because I was like crying, being like, we need to all put in together. And I was overwhelmed by the amount of people that were reaching out and wanting help or saying that I'm saying things wrong or how could I or how dare I. And it just because I care so much about everyone and everyone expects so much from me because I'm always trying to give. Like my tank is kind of empty um, and I just feel the world's pain. But Yeah, it probably could have come across as me being like, look at me, I'm so sad because people want my attention and they want me to put, like, uh, like, I can't, this just, I don't know. I don't know how it came across, but, um, yeah, me showing, I don't know, I'm just going back and forth, just trying to have a fucking conversation because I really wish I was able to be in front of people um, because, yeah, I am lonely, you know. I think, like, a lot of us are separated by a screen Separated by the inability to travel right now, being stuck inside, I think the loneliness is becoming more and more prominent. Um, yeah, but I wanted to show the the sadness as well, because I don't want people to think that like fucking airy fairy Sorrel just farts and it's unicorns and ponies and she just sees the world in a fluffy space, which of course social media requires you to put the highlight reel of your life up. Um. But I'm so not that person at all. And to normalize emotions is a a big, important thing for me, to be able to encourage people to feel pain and cry and just be so authentically themselves. But because, you know, crying online isn't normal and it isn't accepted. And, like, when people, you know, when you're crying, it's like, don't cry. Why the fuck not? No, cry. Emotions are so important to get out. And now we're seeing this with, like, the black lives. People have had bottled up pain, pain, absolute intense and overwhelming pain for centuries. And it's coming out in anger, rightfully so, because, I mean, yesterday I was fucking pissed off. I go through waves of, like, pissed off screaming at the top of my lungs of the injustices that are happening around the world. And then sobbing, like when I fucking saw George Floyd, my God, I sobbed. I screamed. I was angry as fuck. I screamed so fucking loud and I was sobbing. And then that's what helps as well, like acknowledging these emotions and actually letting them out helps. It's vital. I mean, you feel emotions for a reason. And I have these conversations a lot with my bro and my boyfriend because... And my good friend here in Iceland. David. Um, Like. Emotions that men are not allowed to feel. Like I broke down in the arms of David. And my brother yesterday. Just walked into David's house. And I just collapsed crying. And I was sobbing. Like snot sobbing. Like everything. I was on the ground. Like I couldn't breathe. And all that shit. And like these These guys have expressed to me that they don't know how to cry. David has been able to shed one single tear. I think he's starting to shed one or two tears during a crying session. One or two tiny tears. And my brother literally cannot remember how to cry. And I think that is so part of the fucking masculine, toxic masculine energy that is also hurting the world. I mean, we... I don't... I don't know if if that is if that is healed if the tos, toxic masculinity is healed is that of course that's going to help the world somehow you know because the narrative right now is women are too emotional and men are too aggressive well I don't know if there's a thing that is too emotional or is it just allowing someone to feel emotions and being okay to hold space when you feel emotions and you purge them out and afterwards, you're like, oh, I'm better. Hey, thanks. Thanks for holding space. And that should be done for males, females, everyone. And not no judgment behind it. No bottling up emotions, you know. Because bottled up emotions, they will explode just like what's happening with the black community. They are exploding because they have not been acknowledged. They have not been heard. They just need to be acknowledged and heard. Because once that is done, once there is acknowledgement of a problem... And the pain that is being associated with everything. That is when people... Then that is when the space is made for healing. Um. Yeah. So, and the same thing with, like, you know, men are too angry. That is... That needs to be... They need to... I mean, there needs to be a space for people to get out their anger and that be acknowledged as well. Just as what is happening... Whether it's punching punching bags or whatever, being put ex- getting your anger out in a controlled way instead of at people, getting hurting others is not obviously the right solution. Obviously, not the right solution. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know backtracking because I'm just trying to loop the thoughts together and actually make them <laughs> cohesive in some way. But uh, I don't know. It's it's um it's an interesting time that we're all going through. I think a lot of us were pushed to the brink. One second I have to move because my butt is getting numb. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going through a very, a huge change, an enormous change because we realized that the way that the world was functioning before just wasn't working for any of us. It was like, just okay enough. It was just okay that people could get by. I mean, there were groups of the world that were not okay, but they were a minority and they their voice wasn't heard. So this is great that people are realizing, like, we have to look after our brothers and sisters. We are in this together. And I, I know I sound like a puppet on a lot of the later latest information I'm putting out, but I it, it is the corrupt system. Like, I cannot... These people make me sick. They don't make me sick. I don't want to say that because I'm not reinforcing that I'm becoming sick because of them. but they need to they need to go. they need to move over. they need to listen to the people or just move the fuck away because we know that this is another huge thing like you, we have been we are, we are trying to one. Fight what is already established, which is good because it makes us, makes them realize that we're not okay with this anymore. Uh, Oh man, just thought of an image of people beating up a woman as well. Like I've just watched too much social media sometimes and seeing that like with these riots and the violence that is being escalated in some areas some like there's so much beauty and really great protests happening peaceful protests around the world for for this people just want to be heard but then there are I mean there are people getting paid to actually escalate the riots into violent behavior which is I mean a really great way to say sorry we gave you a chance to protest but unfortunately Uh, because you were not peaceful, we cannot let you protest anymore. So there are now lockdowns uh, from 6 p.m. forever onwards. You cannot leave your house. Sorry, you know. So there are, yeah, like, (laughs) who the fuck is paying these people? I have no idea. I mean, I have an idea, but I can't confirm it because I haven't seen physical, I mean, I have actually seen evidence, but people are actually getting paid to be rioters. People are speaking up online about it, saying, like, yeah, get paid, it's awesome. Like I just wish more people knew about this because we could start a movement, like like what? Start a movement of making protests escalated so you can make them violent? Like violence is not at all the way. And unfortunately, because the society has been pushed to the brink, so many people have been living in extreme stress because of the system that we've been put under and the and the yeah, the just like expectations of us. And people are at their limit. And what happens when you're at your limit? You cannot think rationally anymore. You cannot. You cannot. Your body goes into survival mode and, and rebellion. And so you see these violent, like there are protest protesters being paid to escalate this uh, for more, you know, make it more violent and then other people that are already so stressed out and pissed off are going to jump on board that and that's why we're seeing this violence escalating but there are still millions of people that are protesting in peace which is just beautiful because that but you can't i don't know how you can't stop the people that are that are violent so that is going to be a component of it it's just how it's getting framed in the media like everybody's like watch out for these dangerous protests well some people in the protests are dangerous but it doesn't make it everyone uh, but yeah, so going back to the the us being pushed to the absolute brink, and I'm talking like people not being I I, I have freed myself, and I and it's I have worked so hard because I saw I saw what box I was put into, and I was like, wait, that's so corrupt and wrong. I don't want to be part of that. So I've spent I. Sp- and I think this is part of the, the loneliness journey as well is I've spent so much time going against everything that was expected of me. You know, the normal nine to five job, the to live in one place, don't, don't explore, don't, don't meet a lot of people, don't live in different countries, have a, have a child by the time you're 20, 26, 27, be, get married and all this like very conventional way of living. I have done the opposite of what is expected of me at every single step. Uh, of what the system has said, because I just see it as so corrupt and as people being little puppets. So I've worked for ten years trying to figure out a way to not be part of that BS because it is it is dangerous. You are their slave. You are, and as and I know I'm not comparing it to what was because that was uh, the the black community and slavery. There was a whole million times worse. But now it's a slavery in the form of like modern day slavery is, you know, life is just okay enough, you know, go, go to work, wake up every single day at a specific time, just so you can sit in traffic, go to work, sitting in an office, sitting down for eight hours minimum when you're not meant to sit as humans are not meant to do these things um, sit in a classroom for eight hours a day. Like you cannot, you you have to see that schools are literally training people to become workers. Like no entrepreneurial work is done in schools to encourage that, to encourage innovation. It's just, you learn something off by heart and then you regurgitate it. And this is exactly what happens when you go into a, a work environment. You are, you're thinking becomes very hard because thinking has been pushed out of you critical thinking thinking for yourself analyzing problems solutions it's just not expected of you and i i mean i do i know i still have this i'm trying to figure out how to learn to think and it's hard work because they have spent such a long time getting that out of you so we are trained from the time we're born into this ridiculous system but now is the time to be like but Why do you want me to work eight hours a day when it's been proven that people cannot be, they cannot function properly for eight hours at a desk? Like you cannot be productive for that whole amount of time. They've shown three to four hours a day is the, the maximum that people are productive. So asking people to sit by their desk, stretching the work five days a week. Why is it five days a week? Because someone said, Someone said it's five before it was six days, and then finally people were like, wait, why am I working six days a week? There was protests and then they got it got overturned and it started it turned into a five-day week, work week. But why is it five? Why is it that your life is work? That is not how it is supposed to be. Why is it that some people get one week off for holidays a year for vacation? A year? That is So messed up. It should not be like this. It cannot be like this. And when you think about it and when you dive deep a little bit further, you see that, okay, you go to work, you work for someone for those amount of hours, which luckily right now, can we just point out that system is getting, is collapsing and people are working from home. And eventually when people work from home, they'll figure out ways of not needing to work eight hours. They'll, they'll shorten the time they work to four hours so that they can get, get the work over and done with and then they have more time for freedom and their own lives and living, which is a beautiful time because that, I think the nine to five model is, is collapsing, which is, uh, which is a great byproduct of what we're going through. And that needs to continue. This, this nine to five model has to end. It has to end. People should be rewarded on their productivity, what they bring to the table, what solutions and problems they can fix, not the amount of time they are, they spend at an office or behind the computer. Uh, so that is great. And then, but the current model is you spend 90% of your life working to feed to a lot of people, I would say the majority of people in the world, um, don't like what they do because I ask a lot of people when I meet them, I, one of my first questions is, do you like what you do? And a lot of people say no. And when I get someone that says yes, I really celebrate that because it's so rare, um, so, most people don't like their job, so you 're spending most of your life doing something you don't love in order to pay bills, expensive bills living in a city just so you can live in that city to pay to go to work at that job you don't like and it's this vicious vicious cycle that that continues over and One huge example that stood out for me uh was last year I was driving up from Sydney to my uh, my parents' house um and it's like an 8 hour drive and uh <clears throat> we um we stopped in this this town with a little cafe which we love and we spoke to the barista there and um he has a brother that is in Sydney that just got a mortgage for a house for 1.8 million dollars or something he works so hard the brother that he never sees the sunrise or the sunset The sunset, more so because lots of people don't see the sunrise. Because who wants to wake up that early? Um, He doesn't see the sunset. He hardly spends any time at home because he's always working. His family's at home in this beautiful house, really nice house, Um, but he doesn't see them very often. Uh, He's always stressed out on the brink of just existing, just being, just functioning, not having downtime to let your system breathe and figure out what is actually yours and what is not yours, if you're on the right track. Give you time for critical thinking. Because you can't critically think when you're under stress like this. And uh yeah, I think the majority of the world has gone through that until the virus stopped people in their tracks. And a lot of people have now been put into a self-reflective mode. A lot of the world has. It's like a moment for the world to breathe and reflect back on their actions. Um yeah, so this brother works stupid hours, never available for his family. And then this this guy that the barista that we met in this tiny town, beautiful town, coastal town, right on the beach, one of the most beautiful beaches in Australia. He's like, yeah, I just got an apartment um, right across from the beach. Yeah, my my mortgage is like a hundred thousand dollars for this apartment. I I'm at the beach every single day. I work from I work a few hours. I finish at like two three p.m. So I have the whole afternoon off. I go to the beach. I surf. Um, yeah, my life is pretty chill. <laughs> and that story stands out for me so much because this, I don't know, I can't unsee this hustle culture anymore. And I was part of it. I was so deeply ingrained in it, being, you know thinking that I needed to have the next big thing, the next big thing. And... I'm so glad the whole every every event in my life has led up to this. I've worked my ass off for 10 years to free myself financially, which you know, maybe it didn't have to take that long, but I just didn't put emphasis completely on um just monetization. I wanted to build a business that I that I enjoyed and I mean, YouTube and creating videos is really what I love and I'm glad I found this that happened to be a great way to monetize my passion, but there are different ways to monetize your business a lot faster (laughs) so you don't have to work so goddamn hard or you just get a job that pays the bills in a cheaper town you know um but the house that I have here in Iceland oh no let me backtrack so everything everything i worked so incredibly hard at creating my YouTube and I'm like working so freaking hard to build up my following for years. And I was hustling. Like, I don't, there was one year, I think, where I had one day off or something. And I was working, I'll say most of my 20s, I worked for 18 hour days, nonstop every day. And I think I had less than a handful of days off in that, <laughs> in those 10 years. Uh, Like true days off, I would, you know, obviously, I would travel and I'd see things, but I'd always be like, Oh, let me see what's on the computer. Let me see what is happening at work or on my online business. And it was always like directing my energy back to that. Um, I haven't had a holiday vacation for a very long time. Um, not that I'm complaining. Wait, it sounds like I'm complaining. But what I'm trying to say is that uh, the hustle culture is so fucking strong. And a lot of us got sucked in. And I thought the next step after, you know, growing my YouTube, I was, I was, you know, not satisfied because at no point can you possibly be satisfied in the hustle culture. And I was like, okay. So next, I have to like, okay, become more famous because that is the next obvious step. So I was like, okay, actress or 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 uh, singer or something like it has to be bigger, better, more grand, and um, and, it, and then so much happened. I mean, my body was like, no, sorry, bitch, sit down. <laughs> and uh, I was I was started burning out at the end of twenty eighteen. I started Benny out after 10 years of hustling. And um then all of 2019 I just spent just scraping by. My god, I was like a zombie trying to re- a zombie a recovering zombie. I don't know what to, I don't know how to how to put it nicely into words, but I was this tired rat that was just being dragged and I was doing the, the anything I bare minimum, just to stay afloat. <laughs> like, okay. So imagine some a, a rat, it was like swimming, trying to swim, um, behind an Olympic team and you're still part of the Olympic team, but you are just like doing the bare minimum strokes just so you don't drown. <laughs> That'll do. That's a good visual, um, representation of how I felt. Uh, and then I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful for where I am with financial stability, finally. Um, I don't think I had needed to hustle this hard as well to get this much. Like, you don't need a lot of financial. You don't need that much money to be free. That's the, that's the beautiful thing. That's what I'm learning. And I think a lot of people think that they need to become a millionaire. Then they'll be free. I mean, this guy that works in a cafe, he's free. He works a few hours talking to people, making coffee, uh, and then he the rest of the time he goes to the beach he studies his time is his you know his shifts aren't always the same they vary they there there's variety in the work um and he's free and that's he doesn't need to climb any ladder and i think society just looks down on people that choose to do jobs that allow them to be free because it's not good enough your parents expect you to be the biggest and the greatest and that da- like my my mom I was telling my friend yesterday my dad, nothing was ever good enough for him, ever. I mean, you know, I'm seeing that now as a result. My little sister, she's going through this and she's going to have to unlearn this lesson herself, but nothing is good enough. So if she gets an A, dad's like, where's the A plus? <laughs> you can imagine how painful that is. You never get recognized for what you have done. And that was my childhood. Um, I don't. I mean, I remember when I, last year or the year before, this was such a slap in the face. I think subconsciously we create our life according to different events that we've had in our life and people that we're trying to impress subconsciously, whatever. And I don't remember my dad really praising me for anything. I'm sorry if my dad's listening to this. I just can't remember a time when he was like, wow, that was awesome. I just can't. But I very vividly do remember a time last year or the year before where he was like, Sorrel, well, I just want you to know, I'm very proud of what you have achieved. And you know, me, I have fame. I have recognition. I have a platform. I have financial success. Uh, and, and I was like, for a split second, I was like, oh my God. And I melted into that feeling being like, oh, he's proud of me. And then instantly I was like, what? <laughs> I've worked my whole life to hear that he's proud of me and we don't even have a good relationship. Like he doesn't very often re- reply to me or anything like that. He just doesn't, he's a very, I would say that he's a very hurt man and he doesn't, he's afraid to get close to anyone and th- that must be a very lonely existence. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I really wish that we had a more of a connection, but it is what it is and I'm sure I'm somewhere to blame as well. There are two sides to every single story. Um, but I would definitely say that he's very afraid. And I don't know what it is afraid of. Maybe of the mistakes he's made. Because he did, you know, he made some mistakes. But he hasn't attempted to reconcile them, I don't think. So, my little sister is now going through that. And um, she'll have to unlearn the lesson. Oh, and then my mom. <laughs> so my dad, nothing was ever good enough. My mom, um, she always said that we'll change the world. All three of us. will change the world. And I was like, eventually I was like, mom, that's a lot of pressure. Like, is it okay if we don't and you don't expect that from, from us? And she was like, no, I'll always expect you to change the world. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? It's just heavy. So both sides, it's like your your parents are always expecting something of you, something great and grand. And I think that plus the hustle culture, plus, you know, the fame aspect and everyone praising celebrities and it's often celebrities that are useless I mean fucking let's face it most celebrities these days are useless and they annoy the shit out of out of me and I and I do think that there is a veil being lifted a little bit over this false idolization of celebrities being like oh I love you so much and like, I was like why because they released a nice song no you don't love them They're not a great person just because of one song that they released or one movie they were part of. Where is the fucking celebration of the everyday person that is helping you to live? You know, I mean, let's talk about for a second farmers. And I think it's really weird that people get and I feel this in myself, in my own heart, people get disheartened. Or like the deflated, whenever you talk about like farmers or things that are just so innovators, people, scientists that are, that are holistic, holistically looking at a solution and really want to help humanity. Uh, Where is the celebration of these people? Where is the celebration of healers? Where is the celebration of people of, of people restoring balance in the world? Where is the celebration of real important individuals instead of fake celebrities that are telling you to buy more shit? Like where has that gone and why has it been so – why is someone so desperately – this whole system, Hollywood has been set up so that we don't evolve as a society as much because our emphasis is put onto what brands we buy, how you look and – and what you who you're friends with, how many followers you have, what you're gonna put out on TikTok, like the mental energy, being a creator myself, I know the mental energy that is that there is that needs to be put into creating content. It occupies your entire life. It is your life. And if you don't have a strong message to back it up, I as a lot of online creators don't have a very strong message, they are just there prancing around with their their muscles or their butt or their lip fillers or on um, yeah I don't know am I am I shunning the lip fillers yes they look they look ridiculous they look ridiculous having fake lip, lips looks ridiculous and it's taking us further away from what real beauty is and like the natural beauty sure there are different types of beauty I get that and it's not a one size fits all but I almost look in the mirror sometimes and I'm like, oh, should I get lip fillers? I'm like, no, my lips are nice just because they don't look like everyone else's that is on Instagram. Uh, anyway, whatever. If I get shunned or oh, people say that I'm anti-beauty for all different shapes and sizes, that is such b- bullshit. I just don't like lip fillers, full stop. <laughs> I can have my opinion, goddammit. Uh, so I want, let's talk about farmers. Okay. So farmers, so many people, don't realize how important they are. And, and I was listening to an episode yesterday, and I'll link it in the show notes, of Zach Bush. And this guy's a, wow, wow. He's a doctor, and he's turned all of his focus and concentration onto farmers and regenerating soil in the world. Yawn, how boring. Mm, you know, the fifth extinction of uh, when the dinosaurs happened. Fifth, fifth mass extinction, it was when the top level of soil was uh, covered up by ash from the comet hitting hitting the earth. Uh, that's when the fifth mass extinction happened. Right now, humanity is facing 98% of the top soil being damaged because of agricultural um, interaction, which means that we are on the brink of the sixth mass extinction. Um, and that means us surprise, we are really um, in danger and as a human species. And um, we have an opportunity. It's not Mother Earth that's going to suffer because she, if she gets rid of us, she'll regenerate super fast. But it's us. It's literally human lives are on um, under the microscope right now, like if we will actually get through this and survive. So it's an interesting time. Uh, it's an interesting time that our individual actions right now could be could either save the world or kill the world, and what what an enormous challenge to undertake as the human race. And there's going to be a lot more people that will take this on and truthfully want to make giant change in their own individual lives. Because except if you can only lead by example. Um, that is the most important thing you can do. And that's what Leon and I are trying to do. Like making our house sustainable. We're looking at a farm to buy so we can plant trees and regenerate the soil in Iceland. And um. You know, make our, our local area and community as healthy as possible. Um, so we're trying to lead by example, and that's what everyone really can do. Is Bitching is one thing, um, and screaming at the top of your lungs is one thing, but living by example. And my friend Blue, she's awesome. She's got this quote that she repeats often. You can only... It is the artist's responsibility to make the revolution irresistible. Ooh! And I think... You know, that's it's a beautiful way to be like, wow, look at my life and how awesome it is because I've taken these steps and it's so nice to live this existence um, with living in harmony with nature, with taking care of my spirituality, my health, being, being personally responsible for my life and living detached from a corrupt system. Like, I don't need that. I'm here. I'm having a great time. Uh, so it's interesting to see how many people will jump on this bandwagon as well. Because we kind of don't have a choice right now, to be honest. And uh, I mean, I'll have to do this separate episode on this, but I uh, had to deal with obviously facing death. All of us will have this, this confrontation of death, especially in a society that sweeps death under the rug and doesn't talk about it. Which is very dangerous because you need to be faced with the reality that you're going to die. So I've had this realization and it took two years of processing and, and panic attacks and phobia of death, which is a ridiculous thing, a phobia of death. <laughs> but I've had to expose myself more and more because it's inevitable. Um, so it's now, now I can see objectively like I'll die. And it's like, if it's now, I mean, I'm almost every day I'm living like, is this my last day? Is this my last day? And I'm not hoping to live forever. Like, I don't would never want to live forever. Fuck. Life is hard. It's a lot of work. And um, knowing that one day you get to die and return back to the earth and be part of the whole consciousness instead of just your little bubble of, hey, this is the bubble of Sorel. There is beauty in that. So I'm just like, okay, am I going to die now or later? <laughs> like, is now, do we make a change in the world or, you know, are we just going to die? And all human life will be kapoof or gone. Um, farmers, (laughs) I love all these side tangents, farmers, uh, I want to, and I'm not saying that this is the same, but I do need to make it, um, I need to link it to something that people can understand. So obviously the pain of the black community is so strong and I'm not taking away from that whatsoever. Um, But what's happening is they need to be heard and understood. That's what they're really pleading and asking for. And um, I think the farmers have been put into such a dangerous and scary corner that they don't know what to do and they feel responsible and guilty for so many deaths around the world and so much ill health around the world because whatever you put into your human body, it is going to affect you greatly. And the reason for increasing and escalating diseases around the world and Decrease in IQ and um, if you don't get the right nutrients, obviously this. There's, there's, your body's under stress. So stress is more prevalent and lots of diseases are caused from stress. So really everything that happens stems from what food, what water, um, what air you breathe. Uh, and there's lots of farmers, they they have been put into a corner and they have to spray lots of pesticides, which goes into the air, which causes illnesses and birth defects. Like farmers know what is going on, but they are so ashamed and guilt-ridden over their actions because they were pushed into a corner by Monsanto, which has now become Bayer. I'm just regurgitating what Zach Bush has said. So I would highly recommend listening to that. It's one of the greatest podcast episodes that I've ever heard in my entire life. And it's so important for people to understand the pain that the farmers are going through. And we need to help them because if we don't help them, we are going to kill ourselves. Like, if you ever want to have a child in the future, if you have a child now, you are on the brink of extinction. And I don't know what to do if I would choose to have a child. I don't know because I don't know what the – I'm scared for them. You know, if I bring them into this world, how could I possibly – if I don't know if they're going to survive. But also knowing that death isn't the end of everything, it's like, okay, it could be their lesson as well. I don't know. Could they make a giant change for the future? Would they be – a light in the world that is needed yeah and that's a beautiful thing that they could be there to assist humanity as well and look at me putting uh, already saying that my child would change the world just like my mom did <laughs> ah history repeats itself <laughs> maybe they wouldn't maybe they'd be one of these shitheads and just go crazy and corrupt and scary <laughs> i don't know oh cuz the universe has a weird way of working um but we need to help the farmers because they are responsible for so much greenhouse gas emissions and, um, and diseases that are occurring in in humans and uh, everything is really linked back to that. For me, it's like really food production. I cannot believe that from me wanting to be an actress and a singer and like prosperity, darling. Oh, now I'm like farmers. <laughs> Like let's let's help the farmers. Let's praise the farmers. Let's give them a helping hand. <laughs> I'm starting to become really interested in this world because I just I saw this link and I was like this is where the problem lies. Like everything else is a symptom and this is the problem. Holy shit, I found the problem, the root of all of this. And we can fix it. We can have good water which helps the human body to to be healthy and and um blossom and thrive humanity has a chance to thrive again if we concentrate on them and just like the black community they have not been hurt they're going through so much pain then the farmers are going through a slightly different problem because they are guilt-ridden and they a lot of them i can't speak for all but they are and i'm only saying because zach bush has actually spoken to these farmers and they actually feel this pain and they have voiced it to zach Um, that they are just so ashamed of their actions and they don't know how to undo it. And if they go the opposite way, which is organic and fully organic, which is a process in itself, which by the way, only lasts about 18 months for them to transition over. So anyway, I'll come back to that. They are guilt ridden and they are ashamed and they can be ostracized by the rest of the farming community because once a farmer goes organic then it's like pointing a finger, almost essentially at the rest of the farmers, being like, "You guys are the bad guys." Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And it and highlights to them what they are doing and how bad they are. So the farmers become ostracized and they're not they're not welcome at the local farmers, the, the, the markets, the shopping center, the the anywhere. People stop talking to them and to be isolated like that. I mean, loneliness is prevailing in society hugely. More so it's now because of this virus and all of all people being locked up and separated hugely. We need to be around each other and fully understood and feel part of a community and feel like we're important and we're contributing in some way. So, yeah, but the beauty of it is if we say, look, farmers, we don't blame you. You were pushed into this corner because your crops were dying and then a company came and said, actually we will save you but really it damaged your product more and then it stuck you in a perpetual cycle of damage and being loyal to this company that you knew was doing bad but you didn't know how to get out of it because your whole livelihood and your whole uh, family's livelihood relies on you you were pushed in this corner and we acknowledge that you made a mistake but it is not you can over over you can undo this mistake and I just feel like I need to point out, like, the more I go through this, I'm not saying that this is. I made the correlation between the black community just because they needed to be heard and understood. That's the only, only correlation. The rest, like, it's very different issues, um, very different issues. Because the pain is just so great in both corners. But anyway, I'll just leave it there. Please don't assume the worst of me. This is what I always have to want to triple check myself to, to ensure that people aren't taking something out of. Out of context and it's really hard. Anyway, whatever. I'm, I can't be responsible for how people see me. I can just be my very best self. <laughs> and I'm trying. Um, so, but if you... Yeah, you say these farmers, you messed up. But we are going to help you. And you need about 18 months, roughly, for the soil to overturn and start producing organically. So there's going to be a period where... where it's going to be hard for you, but it's possible. And it's not as long as you think. Lots of people, lots of companies are telling them like 10 years or something. And that's to them impossible because their whole livelihood would go under. Everything that they've ever had, their family's lineage or two farming is just gone. They're scared that they're going to just destroy everything. But we need them. We need good, healthy soil in the world so that the topsoil is regenerated. 98% of it is damaged right now. That's so scary. Um And greenhouse gas gas emissions from their actions as well is extremely damaging, extremely damaging. Please listen to the Zach Bush interview. I don't want to expand on it too much, but I'm starting to look into ways of helping the farmers because, and me also becoming maybe a farmer. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but it's uh, permaculture um, or encouraging people to just... Create sustainable lives in their own little communities because it can be a local done spot. You you can make change in your local area. It's again to to not wait for someone to save you. We have done so much waiting for people to save us. We cannot wait for people to save us. It's like now people are saying, you know, the base, the universal basic income. This is what we need. We require as citizens. The the world the whole world is in $250 trillion in debt. There is no money. We are in debt as a whole world. So it's on the brink of collapse. The system is on the brink of collapse and a new system will be implemented. Uh, and the universal basic income, can I just point out how dangerous that idea is? Because again, you are waiting for someone to save you. You are saying, dear government, pay me. And if you don't, I'll be very angry. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, no. Because if they don't like what you do, they are going to say, oh, we don't like that. Sorry, you've got a penalty. We're just taking $100 away from you this week. Oh, next week? That's another $100 because you messed up again. And then more and more things can be stripped of you. So universal, like, just stop waiting for people to save you. Don't be like, yeah, farmers, that's a great idea. I'll just wait for someone to do it in my local area oh, <laughs> Bella, we're on the verge of extinction. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> this isn't someone else's problem. And it's, a—I uh, mean, it's also a joyful way to come back to to saving the planet. And um, another thing that Zach said, and I, I will just drop it there in a second because <laughs> you can listen to the episode. But he says like, you know, Elon right now is expending all this energy and trillions of dollars to put humans on Mars. And it's like saying... It's it's just disowning all the responsibility of what we've done to planet Earth and raped planet Earth and being like fuck you planet like we used you so now we're gonna find another planet <laughs> which is the same shit is gonna happen on the other planet because we haven't learned our lesson <laughs> so why would you leave the planet when it can be restored there is still we have we we're on the brink of time we're at the at the right time we can make this giant shift and I mean it's not exactly like a really hard shift that you have to make you find a plot of land even if it's in your house if you own your balcony and you start planting like there are small things you can do right now if there's a patch in your local area that is being unused then you planting a few trees or finding out with co- collect the whole local um, community and be like mm, we want that to be a forest thank you or we would like to and petition to make that a forest or um, research, go to Zach Bush, the Instagram and find out ways that he's helping the world because sometimes it's good to, uh, if you can with profits, your money that you have, you can contribute, um, to helping these, the, the experts basically. So Zach's got the full foundations in place to help. He already knows exactly what needs to be done. So if you have the capacity financially to assist, that's one way. Um, we, it's a beautiful thing. Like we are, on, you know, we need to make change. And it's not like war. It's like, we need to plant food. (laughs) We need to plant trees. Ah, Like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Go outside and play in dirt. Like I just did that recently. I planted 120 trees on my land. And uh, God, it was amazing. Being able to put your hands in dirt. I still have dirt under my nails. (gasps) It felt so good. It felt so good. It felt so good. But yeah, I, 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 I just can't unsee it now that I see that how much the earth is hurting from greenhouse gas emissions from, uh, farming, and how uh, insufficient the vitamins are in most vegetables and fruits all around the world. Uh, which is obviously affecting the human body, uh, microplastics throughout the human body and animal bodies, and the toxicity that is being. Put into if you eat animal animal products like animals under stress when they are killed um, and the shit food that they are fed it goes straight into your body into human bodies and you know that if a, if a machine so let's say <laughs> you have a car that takes unleaded petrol and then you give them diesel eh, it's not gonna last actually it's gonna break down very fast and it's like doing that to the human body is not giving the, the sufficient energy it requires and this is sufficient sources of nutrition, it's going to break down the, the, the body, the mind, the soul, the spirit. Everything is going to break down. It's going to be under stress, and it's going to cause a lot of problems. And loneliness is prevailing. And if come back, create communities, grow food in your local community. Become part of the community. Don't look outside so far away. I mean, I have people now that are listening in freaking, I don't know, Maldives, Australia, Zimbabwe, like everywhere around the world, um, which is amazing, but I'm lonely as well and I want a local community around me that are there and I can probably reach out to 10 people in Iceland that I see every now and again, but not very often and it's lonely, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think that's it's just coming back to what's important as humans and I'm not giving up on planet Earth. Like, if I die soon trying to save this planet, so be it. Like, we're all going to die um, but at least I gave it a crack, you know. And if as I said on my post yesterday, if Elon and his rich buddies want to leave the Earth and populate Mars, like, fuck off, that's fine, see you later, thanks for your time. But I'm not giving up on Earth. I'm not shunning my responsibility of what I've done to this Earth and how my actions and my blind actions of just being so so disconnected and now it's my opportunity to reconnect, so I'm very grateful for that. So thank you so much for listening. If st- if you're still listening, this was very on the whim. I just wanted to chat to you guys. Um, I hope you're doing as good as you can during this time. And we have to really focus on visualizing the world that we want. Like I can br- always bring it back to my example of my life. I am in a position where I am because I manifested this. I saw the vision for my future that I wanted which was to be free from the system financially, travel the world. Uh, This is what I initially wanted, my goal that I was striving so, so hardcore for. And um, eventually, I achieved it. But I I manifested that because I visualized it, I worked for it, this is the world that I wanted. And right now, if the world is all thinking very dark thoughts about what is happening and fear is constantly being... um, advertise like we're missing out on opportunity to use global consciousness to create a world that we want because whatever you focus on you are going to manifest more of that in the world that's just how it is it is just exactly you only see it's just you cannot manifest the world that you want by concentrating on what you don't want it just doesn't work that way so we need more people to visualize what we want and think about what we want and work towards that with hope and beauty and love in their hearts because that is the strongest frequency in the world. And if that sounds hippie, it's not even hippie. It just legitimately is. We're talking energetic games, quantum physics. We're talking um, frequency, which can be measured and scientifically there are results from this. So this is how we can manifest a better world. And everyone that is listening has the capacity because we're all part of this together and we'll all make this work together. So thank you so much for listening. I love you all. So many hugs and kisses. We will we will thrive. We will. I love you all. You can find me on Instagram or YouTube if you'd like to see more. I'll put everything in the show notes. Okay.